Welcome to the Midnight Queso Podcast, and coming off of his latest adventure with Blood Clot, it's Square Knot. Hey everybody, I'm still here. How you doing? Still here. So last time we talked about it on our intro pod, you talked about how you hadn't had an encounter with your nemesis, Blood Clot, for 12 years. Yeah. We've had some updates. Yeah, so an update, you guys. Uh, I, I'm Lynn, but I'm also Square Knot, which is a superhero. And uh, I have a Nemesis. Nemesis. Whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Nemesis. Yeah. Nemesis, and it is uh, Blood Clot. And um, uh, three weeks ago, we had this podcast, and little did I know that Blood Clot was planning a diabolical plan to he was put me down just around the corner yeah. in uh, fact he had already he was already laying, there yeah. yeah laying low yeah so so we talked a little bit about superheroes before of how within you is a superhero and um all superheroes also have something that wants to destroy them or Make them so they can't reach their full potential. And uh, mine is actually blood clot. I have uh, coronary artery disease, and I develop uh, plaques in my arteries. And if the plaques get big enough, blood clots come and uh, shut off my arteries in my heart, and uh, square knot dies. So about three <clears throat> weeks ago, I realized that uh, I was much more short of breath than I had been previously. In fact, in true square knot fashion, he went out to prove that it really wasn't blood clot. He went out uh, on his uh, square knot, that's me, but we went out on uh, my uh, trail bike up into the Superstition Mountains and pushed really hard to see, and and um, blood clot was there. I just had to stop and lay down. There's kind of a funny thing. I was on, We were on this trail that has a bench, and the bench says, in loving memory of Martha, who loves to hike. And uh, I went up this hill, and just, I thought I had really short of breath, was really fatigued, had to sit on Martha's bench, and I was thinking that <laughs> it could be yours, yeah, too. that they would put a little plaque next to it, you know, here lies square knot. Killed and by and Martha Square yeah. Knot killed by blood clot. So, so Friday we went in and had some amazing um, high tech scientific stuff uh, done uh, on my heart, and I now have a brand new stent in my heart, and I'm feeling great. So I'm excited next week to be able to exercise and do all kind of Square Knot things. Sounds great. Um, so how did they? What did they do to fix your heart? So they um, they go into your right arm with a little catheter into an artery. Is that artery. why they call it a cath? Mm-hmm. Because it, it um, they use a catheter. Yeah, it it has it's a little plastic thing, and then they can put a wire in that plastic thing, and it threads. You're able to thread a right. wire through, and the uh, right radial artery goes to the brachial artery goes to the subclavian artery and goes down into the heart. And just, just as the aorta starts, there's two coronary arteries that come off the aorta, um, the right and left coronary artery. And uh, the left coronary artery feeds about 75% of the heart. 
And there, there's the main coronary artery that's very short, and then there's a really long left, left ascending artery. And that's where uh, blood clot was trying to get me. And they go in, and what they have now is they have these little, they have these little stents, and they're really like to me, they're like a culvert that's, you know, in a road that's allowing water to go through. They're a little wire mesh, and they're all collapsed, and they put them on the end of this wire, and they take them down and kind of push all the junk away that's blocking your artery, and then the mesh springs open. And the coolest thing, coolest thing I think about it is the mesh is coated in this uh, material that when you take a particular blood thinner, the coating, the blood thinner hooks onto the coating of the stent and doesn't allow blood clots to form. Um. When they were first just putting stents in, about 30% of the people blood clot would get them again. Because it would form onto the mesh. Form onto the mesh because the mesh is a form material. But that's why you take the blood thinner. And you take the blood thinner for a year, and then over a year, the epithelial of the artery comes around, and, and the stent is actually part, part of, of the artery. artery. Yeah, yeah. this is my second stent. So it's cool. It's, it's you amazing. Didn't. You go to sleep. You're not totally put out, you know, but you're kind of, you don't know what's going on much. You're just sitting there kind of sleeping. So... Defeated again, yet again. I defeated blood clot once again, and uh, he's still trying to get me, though. So all you guys that are becoming superheroes, remember to identify your nemesis. And uh, And be really good at identifying them. Yeah, and the thing that I've got to do better at is watch my cholesterol and stuff. I actually have really low cholesterol. I think I'm just one of those people that develops. You have bad genes i have bad uh yeah i know this because i have bad genes blood clot has uh taken down several of my family members yeah yeah because i have to put all the same things down on my family history yeah yeah so so. it was it's kind of fun my wrist hurts and uh yeah but i i immediately actually can tell i feel better i'm anxious to get out and uh and push the envelope a little bit so sounds great yeah. So yeah. we just wanted to give you that update on uh, blood clot. And and uh, Square Knot's trying to do some several things. We've uh, trying to get some trips to go internationally to help some people with uh, getting vaccines for the COVID virus and some other stuff like that. So now that I'm feeling better, I think I'll be able to get out and do some stuff. So Very exciting. Um, all right. So today we're going to talk about... Some of our favorite sports moments. Uh, do you want to get us started, Square Nut? Um, yeah, I can get you started. Okay. Uh, I have uh, actually several as I was writing down. Uh, I think the uh, the oldest one that I have that I remember was uh, one night when I was about 11. Um, maybe a little younger. Dad said to mom, hey, you want to go for a drive with me? And she said, yeah. And I said, hey, can I come? And I said, sure. So we got in the car and dad turned the radio on. It was the uh, Muhammad Ali's uh, Cassius Clay at that time, Muhammad Ali, uh, Sonny Liston fight. And uh, in those days, they weren't on TV. There were 
boxing that was like a Saturday night boxing, but they actually didn't have fights like this on TV, but it was on the radio. And we were listening to it on the radio as we were driving from Driggs. We drove to Victor, which is eight minutes. We're going out by the cemetery to turn around, and uh, the fight was over <laughs> because Muhammad Ali just, nobody had any clue that Cassius Clay was that powerful and that quick, and he just totally uh, annihilated Sonny Liston and, and thus really started a new way, new age of uh, heavyweight boxing. My father loved boxing. My mother hated him. My lo- father loved to watch it, and we watched it quite a bit together, and I actually knew a little bit about it. But then, you know, basically from that time till I was an adult, uh, Muhammad Ali and Cassius Clay were in the news, and, uh, you know, we followed through the whole thing. But I remember that very, the calling of the fight very clearly. And that's one of my big uh, early sports moments that has really changed uh, sports um, altogether. Definitely. Um, Cassius Clay, or when Muhammad Ali started, he was unbelievably amazing in the ring. Right. I mean, he just, nobody could touch him, literally, you know. It's really interesting where boxing's gone, you know. Yeah. It's just yeah. not. Yeah. Not a big deal. Not as big of a deal anymore. Yeah. Concussions. Yeah, concussions and, uh, you know, smacking people in the face, you know, to win a fight. I don't know. It lost <laughs> its, I don't know. For some reason, when I was growing up, that was a cool thing. That yeah. was cool, yeah. Yeah. My dad, they actually boxed, boxed in high school. Interesting. And the, uh, a lot of people don't know, Idaho State was one of the top universities in boxing for many years in like the 1940s wow yeah had a really strong boxing program that's a good one so um one of my first ones that i'll talk about is um a lot of people ask why i'm so into tennis because i've never played it but um, I have this really vivid memory of one morning, I was up really early in the summer mowing the lawn, and Shannon was really into tennis, my sister at the time, because she, I don't know if she had once stayed in tennis yet, or who knows, but she was following Wimbledon, apparently, and I was up early already, and so I caught um, the last few sets of this Ivanisevich Patrick Rafter match. And Ivanisevich was a wild card and ended up winning in the fifth set. It was like, you know, 12, 14. It was a crazy match anyway. But I kind of have loved tennis ever since then because it's so exciting and the five set thing. And of course, at Wimbledon, you don't have a tiebreaker with the fifth set. So you can go on forever. Anyway, it was very exciting. And I don't know that another wild card has ever won. Um, even Nisevich, I think he was coming back. He was older. He was coming back from an injury. So anyway, that was that's one of my impactful sports memories. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, now in modern day, we get to see so much sport. And yeah. uh, for me, you know, it was such a new thing. 
because we had two TV channels. You could listen to stuff on the radio some, and on Saturdays they would have the Wild World of Sports, and that's where they would play clips of, like, Wimbledon or whatever. Right. And uh, and we would see some of uh, the early tennis. So tennis was one that wasn't really followed much in my family, and I lived in the mountains where you couldn't get on tennis courts till June. So, you know, you didn't play a lot of tennis. but uh, I didn't either. I can remember what's Chris Everett and what's the other Navratilova? What's her name? Chris, yeah, I think it's Navratilova. Yeah, I remember their matches were really, really good. Uh, you know, fun to watch and you know, very competitive. Uh, so, I think tennis is really fun to watch. Yeah. yeah, another one. I mean, I guess while we're talking about tennis. Another one of mine is um, I always just loved Andy Murray. I honestly can't tell you why. I just did. Yeah. I think he was, it was like an underdog thing that uh, Federer and. Well, there hadn't been a good, there hadn't been a good English tennis player for, uh, you know, decades. Yeah. Well, and even the one like Henman that they all celebrate didn't, hadn't even ever won Wimbledon. He just came, he made it to the final yeah, once. Yeah. So anyway, I was always a really big fan. Um, and Andy Murray always got close. But I have this memory, um, the U.S. Open final that he ended up winning. It was my first day of school for one of the semesters at BYU-Idaho. And I was like, it was the first day. So I was like, oh, I'm sure this, it was like children's sewing or something. I was like, surely they'll just do an intro uh-huh. and I can leave. But it was like the middle of this match. I'm checking scores. This lady felt determined to make sure, to you make missed sure the whole match. we missed the whole match. So I ran home and got the fifth set and Murray finally won and yeah. broke through. Yeah. And then finally, he the next year, he won Wimbledon and he won two Wimbledons. Yeah. but And well, now he has a new hit. No, that's that's uh, pretty exciting. So anyway, yeah, he's fun to watch. Yeah. He, yeah, yeah so. I mean, not anymore, but he was, he was fun, fun to, to watch. watch yeah. All right. What are some others of yours? Well, um, I'm a football guy and, uh, the game against the Dallas Cowboys and, um, the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau Field on the frozen tundra. What year was this? Uh, I don't know, 67. Okay. Might Ballpark's be good. Yeah. yeah. It was, was it the first Super Bowl year? I think it was. And Dallas hadn't been a team. They had been an expansion team, and they weren't very good. They had started in, in like, 1960. They came, they came to Lambeau Field, and, you know, it was uh, – 15, 20 degrees below zero. And I remember watching the game and, uh, you know, it was basically Dallas was ahead and Green Bay. Nobody could do anything because the field was ice and Green Bay drove down and it was fourth and one. And uh, Green Bay went for it and got it on a Bart Star sneak across the goal line and that's I wasn't a big uh, Packers fan in those days, but it was just a really it was just a fun game to watch. And when I lived in Wisconsin, I I realized there must have been three hundred fifty thousand, or maybe even a million people at the stadium because everybody claims they were at that they game. Always claim, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
I think so. this is also a good time to mention that your favorite football team is the Broncos, and then the second favorite is whoever is playing the Cowboys. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. So, of course, I wasn't a big Broncos fan, but I wasn't a Cowboys fan. So, anyway, that talk about great moments. That's a moment that I was watching. I kind of picked moments that I was watching and sure, anticipated, yeah. and uh, that was certainly... Um, a amazing sports moment. Um, you know, there's all these frostbites from the game. I mean, it was so cold. And I grew up in cold country, so I understood. And it was it was definitely a fun game to watch. So Nice. Do you have some other football ones? Yeah. Uh, one of my neat moments, but also most disappointing, I was a huge uh, Baltimore Colts fan. And uh, the first Super Bowl... 68 or 69 that uh, the AFC it was the last year so the AFC Green Green Bay beat uh, um, Kansas City then they beat the Raiders and the next year the Baltimore Colts were playing the Jets and that's the one where Joe Namath guaranteed a win and Baltimore was unbelievable they were amazing uh, they had uh, they had uh, Earl Morrow Morrow was the quarterback Johnny Unitas was the backup he had been hurt earlier they had the best tight end in the league the best running back in the league the best defense in the league by far I mean they were just killing people they'd lost one game and uh we were all excited for a Colts win and you know I mean Jets just kicked their hiney mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was brutal it was and I can remember uh Feeling so horrible and sad, you know, it was a part of being a sports fan. Yeah, it was, it was a, it was a sad out. thing, but an, I've hated Joe Namath ever since. But, <laughs> but no, I mean, he was really good, and they they were well coached, and they were a really good team. And that was the last year that the AF that the uh, American Football League. The next year they combined. Okay. So, and it was really funny. The next year, I think the Colts beat the Cowboys as the Colts transferred to the uh, AFC. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Do you have any others? Is tennis your only one? No, I don't only have tennis. I've got a whole bunch here. I was in a transition to baseball. I'm ready for baseball. That's my next one. Yep. Okay. So mine probably will be a little bit more current than yours. Who knows? You might have this on there, too. I don't know. Um, But in 2001, when the Diamondbacks won, it was very, very exciting. And I had not been a huge baseball fan, but, you know, you can't help. I think, I mean, I was 11 at the time. And we just had September 11th, and it was the Yankees and the Diamondbacks in the World Series. And so... Everyone except the state of Arizona was rooting for the Yankees. It felt yeah. like that anyway. Yeah, it felt like it. And, you know, they they had to win because they had to win for New York. And, and anyway, went to game seven. And I remember watching it. And went down to the last pitch. Last man. pitch. Yeah. And they did it. And it was our, our, our only Arizona. A championship. Yeah, and it was it was amazing. And the thing that I remember about that is I, I'm older then, kind of understand the game. The just both teams played so well. 
They I mean, did. They, they, they really did. did. And they were very talented. They, both teams were very talented. Everybody make it sound like now it was uh, uh, just the two pitchers, basically. But no, Arizona was loaded, and so were the Yankees. And the Yankees had good pitching, and they pitched well, and all these comeback games from being behind. Uh, the home team won every game. And Arizona that time had four games at home. And they won. And it was that was really fun to be in Arizona at that time. Yeah, that was a good one. That's a, that's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. That uh that easily could have been my baseball one. Uh but uh I still think one of the most amazing things ever to happen in baseball is Reggie Jackson hitting three home run runs and three pitches in the World Series. I just can't you look at it and you go, how do you do that? You know, you hit the first home run because the guy gives you a pitch. And then the next one you hit, I mean, why is the pitcher giving him a pitch he can hit? I mean, three pitches, three home runs. <laughs> was it the same pitcher? I don't think so. No, I don't that know that for sense, sure. That would make sense. I don't think so later in the game. I don't think it was the same pitcher. But anyway, it's and I, I'd have to look that up because I'm not sure. I just think it's... It's just so amazing. Reggie Jackson was, you know, he was kind of obnoxious and hard to deal with, like a lot of the superstars. But Reggie Jackson was amazing, particularly in his prime. I saw him, he was a right fielder, and I saw him from deep in right field catch catch a fly ball deep and throw it on the line to third base to have somebody that had tagged up throw him out. I mean, he must have been throwing forever, you know, 200 yards. I mean, it was just Crazy. it was just incredible. And it was on the line. It isn't as if it bounced. It went right into the mitt, right down to where the guy to tag him out. That was when he was with the Oakland A's. But uh, Reggie Jackson was amazing. But I think the three home runs, I mean, that'll, in the World Series, will stand forever. You know, I mean, I've kind of watched this. Talking about baseball moments is this whole scandal with Houston has been really in, in, in the banging of the it's trash insane. can. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a, and that's a whole other three or four podcasts <laughs> if we want to, but uh, that's an interesting thing. Yeah, baseball's never been your favorite. It's not my favorite. I watched a lot of baseball growing up. Um, you know, it was on Saturday afternoons, and I'd usually be watching baseball on Saturday afternoons. And I've always listened to – I often listen to the World Series. That's kind of the thing yeah. you did. Yeah. I was kind of the transition from the radio to the TV for baseball. And a lot of people listened. The World Series was hardly ever played at night. You probably don't right. even know that. But okay. the games were mostly played during the day when you were working or that. And people were listening to them on the radio. There were several stadiums that didn't have lights. Okay, yeah. And so they wouldn't play the games at night. They were during the day. And so, uh, you know, you always listened to the World Series and the playoffs. You know, it's just kind of interesting. Okay, what's next? Um, I, you might, you might not even see this coming, but um, Jean-Claude Keeley, do you know who he is, even is? No. Okay, Jean-Claude Keeley was a... Uh, was a skier for France in okay. the in the middle of uh, 
in the late 60s and early 70s. And he uh, got, until the modern days, he was the number one gold medal skier, the slalom uh, downhill, you know, and that sort of thing. And he was just truly amazing to watch. And I can't remember what Olympics it was, 72 or whatever, or 70, and he won three gold medals, and that was kind of pretty, and just nobody could touch him. He was just this amazing skier. Whenever you'd watch him, he was uh, he was really dominant. I just thought that, I know that comes out of, uh, out of the dark, kind of, it seems like, but for me, that was a really interesting. I grew up in snow country, and to, to see somebody that dominant in skiing was really an amazing thing. And he was one of the first really superstar winter skiers, you know. And th- those days, they were just the U.S. skiers couldn't match the European. Right. So it was. That's it, exciting. Yeah, it was. It was a really good one. Love the Olympics. Yeah, the Olympics are fun, and and he was good, and he was not only good in that; he was good. He was good, you know, on the World Cup and all that kind of stuff. Awesome. Yeah. Have any more sports moments you want to talk about? Uh, the Frazier-Ali fight. Um, you know, Muhammad Ali uh, wouldn't be drafted, and so he kind of had to go to prison right. type thing, and, and his title was taken away from him, and... Uh, and uh, Frazier, Frazier won the title. And uh, so Muhammad Ali had to come back to try to get the title. And uh, everybody was excited about it. They were totally different type of fighters, the way they fought. Um, Frazier was inside. He had a power, powerful hook. And, again, you couldn't watch this on TV. It was paid for TV. You had to go to a venue to watch it if you watched it. But you could – and you couldn't even have it on the radio in that time. What you did is they would have each round, they would come on the radio and say who they thought were winning. And I can oh, remember sitting on the floor in the house just kind of waiting in between rounds with my little pocket radio <laughs> listening to each round. And Fraser won. Wow. You know, it was an amazing, it truly, you know, all my friends and stuff, everybody was saying who was, you know, some people were, some people were on the one side, some the other. I was a Fraser fan because I thought Muhammad Ali was, you know, had a big mouth and was obnoxious, you know, so, but it was an amazing fight. And since then, I've seen the fight. Right. Actually on tape. And it was, they just beat the living tar out of each other, I think, eventually. You know, there was never a fight like that again because then uh, Frazier got beat by another fighter, who then Foreman, who then Muhammad Ali beat right. in the thriller in Manila. So, you know. Thriller in Manila. Yeah, that's what, Almost rhymes. Well, that's what the <laughs> Howard Cosell called it, right. the thriller in Manila. Well, okay, so it rhymes if he says it. <laughs> yeah. The thriller in Manila, yeah. So anyway, uh, that that whole again, I mentioned I was able to see the the first Muhammad Ali ca- right. Cassius Clay or listen to it, and then you just watched that throughout throughout until I was in a, well into adulthood. So yeah, it seemed like he would fight forever. <laughs> you know, right? He kept fighting. Yeah. You know. Anyway. That's crazy. 
He even fought a sumo wrestler. Did you know that? <laughs> no. Yeah, he did. <laughs> I don't. I don't know much about. I mean, that's that's what's so interesting about mm. it is. I mean, I think boxing was like such a big deal, right? But the last it really, twenty years, that really hasn't been. No. But for about 15 years before that, it was a big thing. You had Sugar Ray Leonard and Durant and, uh, you know, a, a bunch of big uh, – that they promoted a lot of fights. Right. And it was, it, was, uh, it was quite interesting. So, I mean, really good fighters. So – I watched uh, one MMA fight, and I was like, never again. MMA is, uh, I like boxing better than MMA. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it is a, it is a really, it's a cleaner sport if you can get smashed in somebody's face in, you know. Right. I mean, the fights aren't all like Rocky movies, you know. Right. They're, they're a little bit different, but that's kind of the ones that I had listed as uh, as moments that I remember and that's great. I, I mean I'm a big sports fan I, there's hundreds well and know. I remember growing up I just would always be it's almost like you know when you play trivial pursuit dad was really good at the sports section and I'd always be like how are you how do you know all this stuff and I just realized that he had spent every night watching sports center you know, like yeah. you can kind of accumulate on and on. Well, and then growing up on Saturdays, I mean, uh, we I watched Wild World of Sports, and right. I, I mean, I, I watched hockey. I mean, I, yeah. I watched, uh, I watched long ho- lawn hockey. Sometime I watched things. I watched skiing. I watched. Uh, How about golf? Did you ever? Watch uh, I hate golf. Basically, hate yeah. Golf? Why yeah. do you hate golf? I don't know. It's just so boring. It is boring to me. But I know quite a bit about, I do know a little bit about golf, but I, I tended to not be a big golf fan. You know, I don't know why. Yeah. Football is your favorite sport. Football probably is my favorite. Yeah, by far. (laughs) Probably your favorite by far. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I love, uh, I love football. Yeah. So growing up, what would happen is is we'd go to church on Sundays, and then we'd come home and watch football all yeah. afternoon. Yeah. And then I got to pick a movie at night, usually like a Jane Austen movie or something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And then we'd watch do that at night. But I grew up watching a lot of football. Now they have the Sunday night game. What would have happened, man? Yeah, they don't have that then. I was wondering about that. I don't think they have. They said yeah. they didn't have the Sunday night game. Because yeah. I thought that too. I was like, there was no way Dad wasn't watching the Sunday night game. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. there was something yeah. going on. Yeah. But um, no, I really like football too. And tennis is my number one, probably. But then football, then basketball. No basketball no. moments. No Michael Jordan. I've um, never been super into basketball. Well, there there is actually uh, some. Um, you kind of caught me, and I'm and I'm trying. It's growing up. I really I really followed UCLA. I was okay. very much aware of uh, of Lou Alcindor at UCLA and the UCLA victors and championships. Nobody could beat them. Um, uh Russell playing for the Celtics. I, I really know about knew about him. And I just there's there was a series with 
the Knickerbockers and who, who, what was the name of that guy? I mean, it embarrasses me that I don't remember. It's the one where his ankle, I mean, he can't play. He's got an ankle that's dilapidated and he's not going to play. And it's the seventh game. And he's the center for the Knickerbockers. And he comes, he comes in and, uh, this was probably about uh, 69, 70, and, and they win. And I think it was against L.A., who had a, a Lou Alcindor then, I think, you know, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Mm-hmm. Oh, was it Reed? Something Reed. Um, I'm trying to find it, but it's look, not Look under Reed. Knickerbockers. Anyway. That was an amazing basketball game. And uh, to watch, Fraser was this amazing player. Um, he played on the Knickerbockers. There were several. Uh, Jerry West was just incredible. Havlicek, who played for Celtics, was just amazing to watch. He was a guard. Mm-hmm. And uh, Russell, you know, they, they won like six championships in or five championships in six years. The, there were only like, Ten teams or so right, then. It yeah. was it was much smaller, much more competitive, but it was very. Uh, the game centered around the big man. That's how I kind of learned basketball, and it was kind of fun to watch. Uh, the NCAA's weren't that big then. The, they had a New York Invitational tournament, and when I was growing up, it was almost bigger than the NCAA's because you'd only have like sixteen teams right. going to the NCAA's. So some of the best teams in the countries went to the, the to the New Invitational York. tournament. Yeah. So, it was uh, it, it was fun. Yeah, I I watched a lot of basketball too. Well, you lived right by Chicago um, when Michael Jordan. When was Michael there. Jordan was there, yeah, yeah. I do remember. I think my favorite basketball moment was when North Carolina State uh, won the national championship out of nowhere. You know, that was just. You know, they were the underdog every single game and came back. And and then their coach, of course, he died of cancer later. And uh, But it was just such an exciting, such an exciting series. But that was when college basketball was kind of down. Mm-hmm. And to watch the games from the day, you had to stay up late at night and right. watch into the night. So you'd wait till the news would get over. We, your mom and I had this little black and white TV and I was watching these games on this little black and white TV that didn't get really good coverage. You know, the game had already been played. Right, and then they did reruns. Then yeah. they did reruns trying to pick up or trying to figure out what these guys were doing. And that was an amazing run. Yeah. There's been very few like it, so. Yep, well. Val, Val Vano, isn't that the name of the guy? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, that he had, now has, there's a fund that they do every oh, year to raise for money the, for the cancer, yeah. Nice. Yeah, anyway, it was... Well, yeah, you went to... Um, you were in by Chicago, but then moved here, so... Yeah, yeah. The sounds are good. Chicago, Chicago was fine. The Green Bay Pack, we lived actually in Wisconsin, not Chicago, but we were close to Chicago. Away. Yeah, Chicago was 45 minutes away. You could be downtown Chicago in 45 minutes. We were right on the border. Uh, Michael uh, Jordan same, was just getting big. Same distance, right, to Milwaukee? I remember uh, Linda. It's Linda is her name, but she's from New York, so she says her name like it's Linda. Linda went to some, uh, like, a mall outside of Chicago. 
And I was talking to her, and Sandra talked to her. I was talking to her and says, hey, Linda, how was the mall? She said, you know, there's the weirdest thing. I went there, and there was some <laughs> guy signing autographs, you know, on the line, went out the mall and stuff. And I go, Michael Jordan? Yeah, maybe something like that. <laughs> Just at the mall with Michael Jordan. Yeah, no she idea. was at the mall with Michael Jordan. I had no idea he was there. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. Yeah, I remember, um, I guess my introduction to basketball was the Steve Nash Suns years. Yeah, so. that'd be good. But it's heartbreaking, as as usual. But I watch players closely like Gail Sayers, um, Dick Butkus, um, Chicago. Um, I loved uh, Rick Barry, played for the Suns. Yeah. Uh, he was a hero of mine, I already said, uh, Jerry West. Uh Wilt Chamberlain, I watched him play. He was just incredibly amazing. Um, you know, paid attention to those guys, kind of knew about them, read, read stuff about them. But sports were just so different then. It was harder yeah. to get some of the information. Read Sports Illustrated a lot as a youth, you know. Another thing I wanted to mention is Dad spent a lot of time being very frustrated. He could not watch all the Broncos games. Yes, Yes, that's that was that's a big memory when, I have. Is mostly he'd just be mad that he had to watch the Cardinals when you're well Cardinals or or when we were in Chicago. I mean, when you're in the Chicago area, I don't care. Even if you have in those days, if you have every channel, it's either it's either Chicago or Green Bay, and you don't see anything else or Minnesota. But that makes sense. Well, but the Broncos are the better <laughs> team. It doesn't make any sense when I want to watch the Broncos. And so then at least, you know, when I lived uh, in Idaho and stuff, you'd see the Broncos yeah. because um, they were the regional team. Well, when Arizona then moves into the picture, all you're watching, they're blocking off the the Broncos because they're playing the same time as the Cardinals. So you can never see the Cardinals. It was really frustrating. So live streaming will solve that, you know. Well, yeah, I mean – the solve was to get Sunday ticket, yeah. which you would always refuse to do. But we, uh, we've solved that now. So I don't know if you'd classify me as a sports nut, but pretty close. I think you'd yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yes, you'd classify you as a sports nut. <laughs> I mean, a- I think like so maybe the only thing like you don't have like a Broncos man cave. No, but no. like that's the that's a that's good idea. The next though. step. Like, he's saying this while he has his Broncos shirt on. Yeah. And it's not even the season, you know. One of the funniest experiences I had, we were in January. It was in the playoffs. And uh, the Broncos were playing a playoff game, and we were in Honduras. And uh, we were staying at a house that had cable TV. And they were watching these soccer games. And in Honduras, the soccer game is... Is you know, it's the one, and the Broncos playoff game was coming on next, you know. And, and so I had to go to the guy, Roberto, and try to explain, please, can I watch a little bit of this football game, you know? He, he doesn't speak, uh, he doesn't speak English very well, so I'm trying to tell him in Spanish how 
football is such a mean sport and how the soccer players are wimps because they get a yellow card and they fake it. This is how you're trying to convince him to like Well, when we football? when he finally said, yeah, I could watch it, then he was saying, oh, football, they're a bunch of wimps <laughs> because they have things. And I said, don't tell me the soccer, the guy comes within a, 50 feet of him and he falls down and says that the guy needs a yellow card. Anyway, that was kind of a... And they were gracious enough and let us let me watch at least part of the game. So, that was nice. Yeah. But he's not a sports nut. But I'm not a sports nut. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, you definitely, he definitely is. Because you like all sports. I like, I like basically all sports. Football. I love football. Olympics I've always loved. I like some weird sports. I like to watch, uh, you know, some things like bobsledding and stuff like that. So... Yep. So, yeah. The X Games really interest me when they had, in the X Games, I don't know if they still have, but early on they had a, they had a competition of sliding down the hill on shovels. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I always wanted to. That was like, that uh, was going to be your talent. I always wanted to participate that because we did that all that the time. That is terrifying. We would set in the shovel, you set on the shovel and the handle's up in front of you. <laughs> And you're like steering with the handle, oh zipping down the hill on an aluminum shovel. Yeah. Well, love to watch sports. I'm about the most non-athletic person on the planet, but I uh, love except, to watch. Except when you swim. Oh yeah, I like to swim. Good at swimming. Bad at everything else. Yeah, uh, I'm so. not really good at sports either, but you know, like to watch it. So there you go. There's uh, some of our. Our sports moments, sports thoughts. Any others before we close out? Uh, no, not really. I mean, you know, when the Broncos won the Super Bowl, is always... Yeah, it's always nice. Always nice. <laughs> well, I remember, I think we had just gotten new carpet or something in the living room, and it was the Super Bowl with the Broncos. Green Bay Pack. Yeah, one of Bron- the ones they lost, I think, right? No, this was, I think the one you're talking about was uh, Green Bay Packers playing uh, New England or whatever. Okay. Um, and anyway, so dad put a tarp down in the uh-huh. living room so we could eat. And I made uh, football sandwiches. And you made sandwiches in the shape of footballs. Yeah. I don't remember what else, but. It was all kind of stuff, yeah. Very exciting. It was it was kind of fun. You said before that you were always surprised I was your child that loved football. Yeah, most, yeah, because you're kind of the least <laughs> athletic. Yeah, no, I am. I mean, but, I definitely am. I mean, I can talk to press about sports, true, but you're you're ten times the you listen to a lot more sports than Preston does. Yeah, I I got into fantasy football. Yeah, for one. Yeah. But I, I mean, I've been, I've been into tennis since I was young. You've been into a lot of sports. You like yeah. basketball. Yeah. You pay attention to it and watch it. You know. Mm-hmm. So. Bradley loves basketball. Yeah. That's his number one. It actually works out great because I get more invested into football, and he gets more invested into basketball. So like, neither of us are like really devastated, you know, or like both of us aren't devastated. Yeah. So, I don't know. The Broncos, are they going to get a quarterback? They they could get Lynch. could fall. They could. They're like the ninth pick. Who's Lynch? He's the guy from North Carolina. Or North Dakota. (laughs) He's he's played like 16 games only. Awesome. That's a great, great omen. But uh, anyway, you never know. You know, John Elway's not yeah. going to be drafting though, right? So that's well, probably that's what better. they say. Nobody believes it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So 
I was I was there when the John Elway trade, man. That was an interesting when he got drafted by the Colts and said he wouldn't play. He would yeah. play for the Yankees instead. Yeah. Yeah. Nice if you have that sort of leverage. Yeah. Yeah. If you're so talented. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's it's fascinating. I Tess has got me going on podcasts, and I enjoy listening to some of the podcasts. So yeah, yeah. learn a lot. Well, there you go. That's our uh, our update for Square Knots Adventure with Blood Clot, and then some sports talk. So yeah, thank you for listening. We'll catch you next time. Alrighty, we'll see you. <laughs>